Hello, this is Ellis Prince, the pastor of the Gallery Church of Baltimore. I want to thank you for joining our podcast today. I hope this teaching inspires you and gives you courage to pursue Jesus Christ. I hope that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. If we can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out. Now let's get back to the podcast. Uh, Paula is going to be um, teaching on John 14 today, and I am going to read scripture for us. So it's John 14, uh, 1 through um, 21. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The word I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will, be, they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son." You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it, is neither, see, it, is, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. May God bless the reading of this word. Um, Hi, church family. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys again. This is still our family, even though we're now far, not too far. Um, And... For those of you that don't know me, uh, this is Rogerio, my husband, and um, I have Pedro and Bella. You probably heard her chewing the chips (laughs) while people were praying before. But um, 
our family is growing and growing fast, and a lot of you say, well, Bella is growing so fast. She was so tiny when we left here, and her hair is even <laughs> growing faster. Um, and it's amazing to see um, how kids grow fast, and now they're going to Sunday school and everything. And it's usually hard when mommy takes her to Sunday school, uh, when it's with dad, there's no tears, and she's totally fine. When mommy takes her, she's like, oh, she wants to stay with me. And the other day at, at our now church, we were uh, there, and I took her to class. And she's like, no, I'm not staying. And she can be very strong-willed. Maybe not just like, not like me, not at all. <laughs> And she's like, no, I'm not staying. And I'm like, no, you are. This is going to be fun for you. And the teachers were trying everything, and she did not want to stay. So I, tried, I took her back outside. I explained to her that I would be leaving her there just for a moment and that I would be back for her. And somehow, even though she's just three, she kind of understood. And when I took her back in, she stayed. And she was fine. She trusted me. And I guess she didn't want to leave me. Uh, she didn't want me to leave her there because, after all, I'm such a cool person to hang out with. And Lana can testify to that. But um, this is what was happening to the disciples, right? Imagine this was Jesus' last days on earth. Jesus was explaining to them everything that was going to happen. And the disciples were just like, what? Like, what? They were troubled, right? They spent all those years with Jesus, bless you, like looking at uh, him performing miracles and talking to him, listening to his words. And now Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. And they immediately started to worry. And... If you recall from last week uh, in, G in John 13, Jesus had just told them uh, that one of them was going to be a traitor, that all of them would abandon him, and that he would leave them that night. So imagine, a lot was going on. They were super upset. And chapter 14 starts with him saying, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He wanted to make sure they knew what was going to happen so they would feel confident and somehow comfortable with his departure. And imagine this was Jesus' last day on earth. He could have done anything. Like Lana said, he could have performed many miracles. Let me do my last 50 miracles here. But no, he wanted to spend time with them, making sure they knew what was going to happen making sure they were comfortable with him leaving. And he was concerned about them because he cared for them, just as he's concerned about you and about me when we feel lost in our journey. He doesn't say that lightly. He's not leaving us by ourselves to fight with our own struggles and feelings and emotions. And maybe some of you here are going through like tough times, Maybe it's the loss of a job, or you lost a family member, or you're having health issues, or maybe you just lost your hope and your joy in the Lord. And He has an answer for you. 
Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He will not let you down. I just want to remind you today. He will not let you down. He cares for you and he has a plan for you. And that doesn't mean that we will have a life without trouble, right? But he promised that he could, that we could have an untroubled heart even in a troubled life. How powerful is that? And I know a lot of uh, churches will preach about just prosperity and about, and about how coming to Jesus will make your life wonderful, and it will. But it's not, it does not mean that we will not have troubles anymore, that we won't have problems and issues and situations, but he promised he would be there with us at all times. Philippians 4, 6 reminds us, do not be anxious about anything. And I love this, vo this verse because I can be quite anxious, and I hope I'm not alone here, but he says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving uh, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we really need to pay close attention to this chapter because it has so many powerful um, treasures. And um, I wanted to share some of this with you. On verse 3, he says, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And this is amazing. Like, Jesus is coming back. He's saying, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. And maybe it's the first time you hear this, or maybe you just need to be reminded, but he is coming back. How amazing can this be? Our Savior, the one who died for us, he's coming back. And he didn't say that angels, he would send angels or prophets or anyone else. But he said he himself would come back for you and for me. And he's promising that we will be with him. And not, and not just that, but he's actually preparing a place for us. And this verse talks about mansions in, our, in his father's house. There are many mansions and there will be plenty of room so you can bring all your family and friends. There will be enough room for everyone that trusts him. And I was listening to this teaching the other day about the streets of gold, how the heaven will have streets of gold. And I myself thought about that. Wow, it's going to be so precious. Imagine like walking in gold and like so many precious things. And, but it's not about that. Uh, this, this pastor was saying that it, it made him think that um, it was, it's probably because, and not probably, but for sure, that in heaven with Christ, gold will be worth nothing, right? We can actually step on it and it will be nothing. And that changed my perspective on that. The glory of heaven is God and not gold, so the whole conversation with Jesus and the disciples kept going, and he said, I will go, I have to leave, I have to prepare a place for you. And in verse 4 he says, you know the way where I'm going, you know the place where I'm going. And Thomas went, um, Lord, we actually don't know the place. 
And like, he was brave, right? I think many of us would be like, just, oh, okay, he thinks we know, we, I guess we should know. But he was actually brave and said, oh, we don't know the place. And he was actually thinking of a physical place where Jesus was going to go to. And Jesus responded with the one verse that is the pillar of our faith. He says, he answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And we believe that he is the only way to God. And Jesus' statement actually shifts the focus from a place to a person. So now... As Christians, it doesn't matter anymore where we're going to be. Is it going to be in heaven? Is it going to be... Of course, those matter. You know what I mean. But it's like, it matters because we're going to be with him. So if it's the streets are of gold or diamond or metal, it doesn't matter. We are going to be with him. He is the place where we need to go to. And Jesus didn't say he would show us a way. He said he is the way. He didn't promise to leave us a book or instructions about a truth. He said he is the truth. And he didn't offer us the secrets to life. And I can already see like books, Jesus, about like the secrets, the 10 secrets to life. Just like we see nowadays in libraries, the, sec the 10 secrets to life. He said that he is the life. Jesus is the life. And for those of you who don't know where you're going in your journey, know that he is the way. If you're confused and don't know what you think, he is the truth. And if you're dead inside and you, you don't know if you can go on with this faith, Jesus is the life. And I wanted to show an image. Um, I even thought that I had drawn it. No, I... <laughs> I couldn't, I probably couldn't even draw that, I'm very bad. Um, that shows this person is, is where we are, or where we were. And we were in this place, in this mountain, and there's a gap to God. And here is the wages of, and, and here we know that the wages of sin is death. And we have this person, and to bridge that gap, is Jesus Christ, and we have to believe him. And when you believe Jesus Christ, you get to God, and you get a free gift of eternal life. So it's a good, it's a good deal, right? You get God, you get eternal life. And he's clearly explaining this, so everyone is clear and know what to do. It's not through our good works, it's not through our deeds, not through our great charisma or bank accounts. And thank God for that, right? It's He is the only way. Jesus is the only way to, Christ, to God. And it's interesting because when it comes to retirement, you have a plan, or most of you have a plan. When it comes to monthly budget, a lot of you do your monthly budgets, and you should. As a finance person, I advise you to do your, <laughs> your budgets. But you work, and you work hard, you want to achieve your professional goals, and you're like, you put these goals, and you're like, let me pursue this. But when it comes to eternity, we don't want to think about it, right? We're like, well, I've been a good person all along. 
Like one way or another, I'll get to heaven. I haven't killed anyone. Like I haven't, I haven't been that bad. And I'm going to get to heaven. And the world will say there are more ways and that you should trust your dreams and your desires and your happiness. But this is not what the Bible says. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So don't trust your heart, my friends. Trust him alone. He is the only way. He has clearly stated that. You didn't hear that from anybody else, but from him himself. And he has prepared a place for us. Then we see another disciple shows he's still confused. This time, Philip said, Okay, Lord, just show us the Father, and that will be enough. And how many of us actually do that, right? Lord, if you only sent an angel showing me the way, like which job should I take, or which person should I marry, if you only show me that, I'll believe you. And Jesus responded to Philip, like, are you serious? Are you really asking me that? Okay, maybe he didn't say it that way, but it's like me. People who walk around me know that I'm from Brazil, that I love chewing ice. I know it's crazy, and dentists do not, do not approve that, but I love chewing ice. I love chocolate. Uh, and, and that on a daily basis, I may not be that much fun to be around it. Um, but like Rogério, if he's walking with a Kit Kat bar, I'm sure to be following him, right? And I'm sure to be asking him for that Kit Kat bar. If you know me, if you walk around me, you know I don't, I don't like coffee, even though I'm Brazilian. I don't drink coffee. I don't like it. So how can you walk with me and not know that? How could the disciples have walked with Jesus and not have enough evidence? There's the man, the Son of God, healing people, uh, prophesying and, and sharing the gospel, and they still did not believe him. And I was talking to a friend the other day uh, at church. We were studying Isaiah together, and she said, well, it's kind of easy to understand uh, why people back then did not believe the gospel from, from Isaiah and from other prophets. She was saying that they didn't believe because they didn't have it all laid out in front of them, just like we do in the Bible. And she said, they also didn't get to meet Jesus, so how would they believe? But I don't think that's true. Like, if you, if you think about that, Jesus was there doing all these miracles. People could talk to him could see him face to face, and yet they didn't believe him. So the root problem of unbelief is not the lack or the absence of evidence, but a deep heart resistant to God and his will. Think about that. It's the lack of relationship with him. If you don't know him, you cannot trust him. During the week, if my phone rings and I pick it up and I say, um, Hey, who's that? And the person says, hey, it's me. And I say, me who? Rogério. Rogério who? Like, you wouldn't believe that, right? Because, like, I know him. From the moment I pick up the phone and he says, hey, I know that's him. And I know if, if I spend just a couple more words with him and I exchange a couple more words, I know exactly if he's having a good day, a bad day, if he's happy or excited about something, because I know him. 
So the same thing happens when we walk with Jesus. And have we been walking enough so that we know and trust him and hear his voice? Or when we read his words, his word, do we actually know it's him talking to us? We have no need to ask for proof or evidence because his life on the earth already proved us that he is the Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Jesus answered Philip, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And he said, Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. See Jesus' works, but you have to believe in his work and what he did. And he explained he was the only way to God because he was and is the perfect representation of God. So the first part of this chapter from 1 to 14, verses 1 through 14, it's Jesus preparing them, saying, look, I'm going to leave, but I will be back for you. I will come back for you. And I am the only way you can get to the Father through me because I am the only way. Don't doubt, don't fear. Hear the words I speak and, the, and see the works that I do. Trust in God and trust in me. And then the second part of this um, verse, Jesus prepares them for the Holy Spirit. And he says, the first uh, verse in uh, part of verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and the Father will give you another helper. And I wanted to break this verse in two parts. The first one is, if you love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. But then, as a recap, what were Jesus' commandments? Just then, he had, in John 13, commanded them to wash one another's feet. So he was showing an example, like Lana teached us last week, um, he was actually teaching us about serving others. And it's easy when we look at the Bible and see, okay, Jesus served others, blah, blah. But in, how do you take that in your life? Do you actually serve the people around you when they ask for time or to talk, have a conversation? Do you make the time? Do you open up your house to receive people and to talk about the gospel? This is serving. It's actually going the extra mile. You do more than people do because you have Jesus. Jesus also commanded them to love one another after the pattern of his love to them. And it was a sacrificial love, right? Jesus died on the cross. He laid down his life for others. And he's saying, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It's not by our church title, not by the building that we have as a church. It's we would be recognized by our love for one another. And then he commanded us to put our faith in God and in the Father. So keeping Jesus' commandments does speak to our personal morality, but the emphasis here 
was more on the love and on the faith in him as demonstrations of obedience to his commandments. And this is a fair measure of our love of our love for Jesus. It's easy to think of loving Jesus in sentimental or emotional terms. And it's wonderful when you actually feel passion about Jesus and you have that sentiment, but it must be connected to keeping his commandments or it isn't love at all. I remember in the beginning of my relationship with Rogério, I was talking to him about like passion and about love and we were so young or I was, we were both very young. <laughs> and we, we were talking about this and he, he told me like, love is not a feeling, love is actually a decision. And I was so angry at that. I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? No, you have to love me. Like, that's a feeling. And he was like, no, it's actually a choice. And to this day, I know uh, and learned with maturity that it is true. Love is a decision. Passion is a sentiment. Is a, you know, but love uh, is a decision. Love means obedience. It's easy to just say, I really love Jesus but I don't want him to tell me how to live my life. And this is not love at all. It's a terrible misunderstanding of both Jesus and the love for him. Jesus has to be everything in you. Jesus has to be all that you are. And the source of obedience isn't fear or pride or desire to earn blessings, as we see so often. But the proper source of obedience is love. I love Galatians 2.20 that says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So whatever we do when you leave this place, think about that. You no longer live. There are no desires that should belong to you, but only his desires. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So our lives here is to please him, to obey him. And that's not because of fear. That's not because we want something. That's because we love and we want to obey him. And the second part and last part of this message is about the Holy Spirit. Um, and maybe the, the worship team can, can join me here. Um, but Jesus promised that when he left, he would give us the Holy Spirit, a counselor, a comforter. The Holy Spirit is not in you as a spy, someone that will just observe your life and point and say, ha, huh, I saw that. I saw the movie you watched. I saw what you did there. I saw the posts you're posting. It's not. He is there as a counselor, as a helper. He is with you to point at the right direction, to help you to do the right things. He intercedes for you and he loves you. And my goal this morning is to remind you, just as John 20 said, 2031, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is why the gospel was reading, was written. And you need to know that Jesus died, but he rose again. 
that he promised to come back for you, to take you to the Father, because he is the only way. But you got to trust him with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your understanding. And as you spend more time with him and love him and obey his commandments, your life will be a display of his life in you. And to do that, you can count on the Holy Spirit that will guide you and lead you at all times. And remember in the beginning, I was talking to you about Bella and how she was struggling with going to Sunday school. But what I didn't say is about my feelings. And at the end of each service on Sundays, um, I actually rush through the people. Like our church has a lot of people and they like to chit-chat at the end of the service like we all do. But I have this longing in my heart, like when the service ends, all I want to do is to be with them, is to pick her up at her class and see her little hand waving at me and smiling at me. And I want to be with her and with Pedro. I want to be with them. I want them to know that they were safe and not alone. They were taken care of. They were there to learn, but that I was longing to be with them again. And I pray that you feel the same way this morning. I pray that knowing Jesus, uh, that you know that Jesus has never left you alone. He left you with his Holy Spirit so that you would be comforted and encouraged and find peace in the midst of chaos, knowing that soon and very soon he will return to take you to himself. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Gallery Church Podcast. I want you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your mind and heart. Let Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, do the deep work that only He can do. I want to say thank you to everyone who gives to the church. Your gifts make this podcast and ministry possible here in Baltimore and other parts of the world. You can be a part of our work by going to gallerychurchbaltimore.com give or by downloading the church app from the app store. You can also subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening or watching and may God's grace and peace be with you.